Greetings, welcome to this episode of our mini-series How Talent Acquisition Works, an Inside View. I'm Anthony Haynes, I'm Communications Director of FJ Wilson Talent Services. Now, throughout this series, we'll be seeking to shed light on what goes on within a talent agency with the aim of helping our stakeholders, organisations and individuals to develop a perspective on how to work with a talent agency most effectively. The series explores the talent acquisition process from the perspective of each of the roles involved. So for the most part, the series is arranged by role with an interview for each of the major roles involved in the process. In this episode, we're going to focus on a role known as account manager. And I'm delighted to say that I have with me to discuss this role, someone who performs it, which is Andrea Montgomery. So welcome, Andrea. Hello, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So Andrea's job title at FJ Wilson is recruitment consultant because she does uh, a whole mixture of things, uh, one of which is account manager, which is the role we're focusing on here. So, Andrea, I suppose the obvious first question to ask you is, account manager, what's the purpose of your role? What's it designed to achieve? So, it's looking after specific client accounts. Um, You could have multiple roles on for each account. It would be Mm -hmm. about organising and approaching each vacancy with a specific strategy. It's about knowing what calibre of candidates we need to focus on approaching. Mm-hmm. Um, ensuring the hiring managers are happy with the candidates that we've sent through. Yeah. We need to understand the type of candidate that best fits the organization. We need to try and increase our talent pool. So we have a big candidate mm-hmm. database yeah. that would be suitable for our clients' needs. I suppose it's about building reputation as well and building yeah. trust with the with the center and ensuring that we have good um professional relationships with mm. our clients so that they trust us to do a good job on their, mm. their vacancies. And when you spell it out like that, it's amazing that you, you actually have time to perform some other functions for FJ Wilson as well, because that, <laughs> that sounds like not only a lot of functions, but actually um, sort of high level ones. Just for the clarity for listeners, when we talk about accounts, managing accounts, we're really talking about clients, in other words, organisations who, who want to hire people. Is that right? Yes. So I suppose we have the different lingo that we would use. But mm. yes, the account manager would be a, a client manager, mm. essentially. And who do you, who do you with, just, just again, by way of clarity, when you're liaising with accounts, with clients, mm-hmm. do you find yourself liaising mostly with the hiring managers, the, the person that the recruit's going to be reporting to or to HR? Or, or what, what do you find is most usual? It depends. Sometimes it depends on the seniority of the role. You might be solely speaking through HR and then HR would forward on your information Mm -hmm. to the hiring managers and then everything will come through them. Or sometimes you would be dealing directly with the hiring manager and CC and in HR for visibility. Just kind of depends on what each hiring manager wants everybody's needs are different and some people want full communication with us and some Mm. prefer to go through HR so I think it's about as well understanding and getting to know the HR department and seeing what the nuances are of the roles and finding out at the very very beginning initially in the briefing you know by communicating with the hiring manager in the briefing 
how do you want us to contact you? Would you mm. prefer it directly or would you prefer us to go through HR? What way mm. do you want to work it? So then there's no kind of gray areas, you know, exactly how to approach each um, mm. assignment. Yes, yes, yes. And so thank you. I think I think that gives us a great picture of the purpose of what you're trying to achieve in the role. Now, for me, in each interview I do for this series, the big question is, so what do you actually do? <laughs> well, you know, when, when you, you come, come into the office or come to your desk in the morning, what, what are the things that you find you're spending time on? What are the actions that you're actually performing? Well, every day is different, I guess. If, yeah. if you have a lot of vacancies on at one time, your day, I suppose the first hour or so of your day is spent trying to prioritise that day. Yes. And figure out what it is that's most important. What do I need to do today? Then if you have multiple roles on for multiple clients at a time, you're going to be looking at your calendar and seeing how many screens you've booked in. So our screens are very detailed. They would last for a half an hour, sometimes 45 minutes up to an hour, depending again on mm. the seniority of the of the role. Yeah. So that obviously takes some time. Then we would do, you know, very detailed notes. So they need to be gone through. Then we would have a process mm. that we call scorecarding to make sure that the candidate ticks all the boxes. And then I suppose you have lots of emails coming through. Yeah, There's always a bump in the road that has to be dealt with along the way too it's not definitely all smooth sailing <laughs> well um, I might I might pick up on that in my next question <laughs> let me see what else gosh there's so much yes um, I mean can I just ask you because you, you mentioned that you spend the first hour planning yeah uh, and you find that useful do you because I, I mean when you're when you're discussing all the other things I think well there must be lots of things that just blow you off course all the time but yeah. do you, you, nevertheless you find you find the hours or whatever the period of time planning is proves useful yeah yeah I mean I think it's very easy to come into work turn on your computer and get very bogged down in emails mm. and messages and things like that so um it's something I've been trying to actively do more is to plan more so I think mm. if you spend that hour in the morning instead of trawling through all last night's emails if you actually yeah. sit and plan your day and prioritize and see what do I need to do now? What can I do at four o'clock? And then I think if you get the most important, most urgent things out of the way before 10 or 11 o'clock, if you do hit a bump mm. in the road during the day, at least your most critical um, tasks have been completed. See, I just think that sounds fantastic. I mean, effectively, what you're doing is prioritizing things that are both urgent and important. Mm-hmm. I, I um, You kind of triggered me, though, by, by talking oh, no. about the way that people... <laughs> People spend the first hour of their day just trawling through emails, and that yeah. can't be a, a rational thing to do. Um, yeah. Now, I, I said I'd pick up on one of the things you, you talked about: bumps in the road, mm-hmm. and some bumps in the road seem to consist of people. And uh, you know, um, we work with lots of stakeholders, lots of clients, lots of candidates who are great to work with. But mm-hmm. if we're going to be honest, <laughs> sometimes there are people that don't always make things easy for us. Mm-hmm. Um, from your your perspective as account manager, what are the things that clients or candidates or other stakeholders can do that actually best support the process and help things go smoothly and help you to get the best results? It has to be communication, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of person who I communicate back straight away. I very rarely leave people waiting, whether it's an emergency or not. And I think sometimes I expect that as well. And I mm. it's I think sometimes when there is an urgency or a push, 
on a roll. Yeah. And we go very quickly. We go like the clappers and we try and get mm. our candidates and we get everything organized and then the communication might fall away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from, you know, be that the account or be that the candidate. Communications yes. may fail somewhere in between. Somebody might go on holiday. Somebody might fall sick. You know, yes. it's not always necessarily something that can be avoided. But things like those generally tend to, I suppose, put yeah. a little stall on things and delay things. Yeah. yeah. And that works both ways, doesn't it? I, I can remember an example, which I'm, I'm pretty sure was before your time, so it can't be a comment on you, where mm-hmm. we were actually trying to recruit for multiple roles for the same client. And actually, we had a little action plan worked out, and it was all going fine. We were doing it in the sequence we thought we would, and we were happy with results. But we never actually kind of quite got around to telling the client what the sequence was going to be. So mm-hmm. they didn't know it was going fine. And then actually, understandably, they started kind of getting a bit jittery, like, well, what's going on with this role? You know, okay, and yeah. uh, and that's a real kind of uh, lesson to learn in recruitment, isn't it? It's like, um, I think it's that sort of thing about it. Is, no news is bad news. Like, you need to, it's bad news if you don't tell people. You need to keep telling people what's going on all the time. Yeah, communication is very, very important. And to be mm. responsive is very important as well because it's a very yeah. fast-paced market at the minute and yeah, candidates yeah. candidates can be lost in in a few hours yes. um, if, if they don't have a response or if yes. something more kind of shinier comes along um, yes yes fall away I think that's always been true, but it's particularly true because we've got this kind of I gotta call it an unusual labor market, although it's become it's become mm-hmm. the new norm, really, where, where there's a shortage of um, talent available. Yeah. yeah, certainly. And I notice just on the business communication, I notice that when you send emails, you uh, use that function. So you ask people to tell you whether, you know, to tell you when it, uh, when they open it or when they receive it. And I've come around to your way of thinking. I've come to see how useful that is, actually. Um <laughs> So what about, so we talked about the actions that you fulfill there. What about the skills? I mean, I think anyone listening to, to the list of the list you've given of the functions and the actions would see straight away that there are actually multiple skills. And obviously we can't mention them all in a short uh, interview. But what, what do you find? I mean, if I asked you just to highlight one or two skills that you find the most useful in your work. Definitely communication mm. has to be number one because... I think we're in an age now where an awful lot of people communicate digitally. Yeah. A lot of people depend on email. A lot of people depend on Teams, Google Chat, things like that. Whereas I like to pick up the phone. Yeah. Um, I like to speak to people. It's not always possible, but I do try um, because I think you can build more of a rapport with somebody over the phone. It's it's more Mm. personal, I think. And it could be more natural as well, Mm. you know, Mm. and then... Obviously, you know, I would follow up whatever was discussed on the call with an email. But I think sometimes it's it's nicer just to pick up the phone and have have a chat with somebody, mm. especially if it's a bump in the road conversation. <laughs> well, <laughs> as you probably know, you triggered me again, but again, triggered me positively. I mean, what I mean by <laughs> that is uh, I'm a great fan of using the phone as part of the mix. And it's, it's not that I think one kind of communication is good and one is bad like, you know, phone good, email bad, or anything like that. It's more mm-hmm. like, well, actually, surely the best thing to do is to, to have a portfolio, like have a range of kind of channels of communication and find what works best with which people in which contexts. And um, yeah. I, I'm really interested in the phone because so many people and so many companies have stopped using it altogether. Mm-hmm. 
And in fact, I meet a lot of younger people now who are sort of really just apprehensive about having to phone people. And for me, that creates an opportunity for us because it means we can do something different. And I, I find, you know, when I was in my 20s, if someone phoned me up, I didn't think, oh, this must be important. They're on the phone. Mm-hmm. Actually, if someone phones me now, I think oh, it must be important. They're bothering to phone me. They don't normally do that. You know, so yeah. it, it kind of it gets a bit of attention. I think. Mm-hmm. It's unexpected, I think. Yeah. 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 And you can hear in the tone of voice, isn't it? I mean, you're having to deal with people who you don't know very well or perhaps don't know at all mm-hmm. and, and trying to find out, well, how, what are they, what's the candidate thinking about this opportunity then? You can often hear it in the tone of voice. So, Yeah, yeah. exactly. And especially especially with candidates as well, I think on more of our detailed screens where you can mm. be speaking to the person for maybe 45 minutes or an hour, it's nice to kind of carry on the rest of the communication. Not all of it, but yeah. it's it's nice to pick up the phone say for example if a candidate has been successful and tell them that news on the phone rather than just sending them an email it's just yes. a pers- personal touch yeah I, I i can i completely agree and it's something uh, i think we've all kind of learned partly from fiona wilson rmd which is mm-hmm. the, the point that sounds so darn obvious and yet somehow the industry is always forgetting it which is believe it or not recruitment is about people mm-hmm. <laughs> and being being yeah. humane with people's uh, with, with with people is very important. Now, something I perhaps should have said earlier is we, between us, we've used the word screen and screening many times, and there might be some listeners thinking, well, what exactly does that mean? So let me just reassure people, the next uh, interview in the series, which is with your colleague, Maria McNiven, we'll try and explain what we mean by screening. But okay. um, so thank you. Uh, that's given us a great sort of 360 degree picture of um, the role and, and the work that it entail, entails. So, Andrew, thank you very much. We're really, really grateful for you uh, giving up your time to appear and, and to give us a really lucid explanation of the role. Thank you. No problem, Anthony. Thank you for having me. This podcast is produced by Dr. Bart Hallmark. The music's by Harry Chalmers and the podcast is published by FJ Wilson Talent Services. If you'd like to contact us about the services we offer, we offer recruitment services, we offer talent development services to help you develop the talent you already have on your staff and we also offer coaching to help develop individuals. If you'd like to contact us about our services, you're of course very welcome to. And the best way to do that is via our website, which has a very easy uh, URL. It's simply all lowercase fjwilson.com. That's all one word, fjwilson, fjwilson.com. Hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. <laughs>